This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. My dad says, did you get any on you? <laughs> mm-hmm. My mom said, my mom goes like this, as if it was thunder and it's uh. supposed to rain. <laughs> Georgia shakes the walls with her burps. She's Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, your upper lip shake. <laughs> or no, she calls me, what was the guy's name? Barney? Barney. Yeah. Calls me Barney. Oh yeah, he's the burping guy. Yeah. That was recorded. Great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, the face of excited and the face of hating my own guts for having looked so excited. I'm Kelly Ripa. It's, it's your show face. You're trying to put on show face. I get it. I don't have, you know what? There's no show face necessary in this podcast. No, hell no. There's no censoring. And there's no proper intro. Hello, welcome to my favorite murder, <laughs> the Minnesota. The Minnesota. Minnesota, what's up? Hi. <clears throat> um, this is the podcast right. where we read your hometown murders you sent to us. Um, they could be hometown murders. They could be uh, hometown EMT stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we love first responders, nurses out there. First responders, any kind of any uh, emergency emergency experience you've had. And now I think we're floating slightly and lightly into the haunting area. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Because, I'll take one of those every month. Right? That's definitely. Because we kind of said that last time. Are you telling me you have one? Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know that if we say something. I thought that was a tease. <laughs> now I just realized suddenly that it's because you might. Because I heard when we were looking over our notes, I heard you gasp. And, that, uh-huh. and then I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, Stephen. Stephen. We're not paying attention, but Steven's definitely paying attention. That's, yeah. the, that's the good news about this podcast. I mean, we don't. <laughs> I mean, we can't. It's like... We won't. Uh, and we mean to, but we can't. We absolutely mean. Best intentions. Um, okay. My right. favorite murder. Best intentions. <laughs> best intentions. Kind uh, of. Bad execution. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, so let's see. I've got a couple. Let's start with the first one. My ghost uncle, Jerry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and other animals. <laughs> Thanks for being badass mofos. I recently moved to Milwaukee. Shout out to our boy, Jeffrey Tolman. <laughs> oh, my God. I was taking a sip of Georgia just spit her Dan Harmon's whiskey that I stole from the other room. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> turns out I live less than a mile from his apartment. Jeffrey wow. Dahmer's apartment shit. In the never-ending struggle of making friends in a new city, I've been able to bond with many people over this podcast. Y'all are wonderful. Aww. Never change. That's I, I love that. I love that so much. I, Remember how hard it is to make friends in life? Remember? Uh, especially when you're... The older you get, the weirder it is to yeah. need friends. And remember how... You, do you know how exciting it is? Well, you and I, this is how we started the podcast yeah. to meet someone who's like, oh, we we're not trying to have this conversation. We're excited about this conversation. The conversation was already happening. We jumped in yeah. and realized, looking at each other, this is this was meant to be. And it was about murder. So yeah. we totally, I love that so much. It's the best bond. Everyone bond over murder. Yay, we love it. They're already doing it. <laughs> okay, so anyway, you mentioned you might like some hometown stories about hauntings. Well, I have one for you uh, that is a hint of the sixth sense. But but I find more comforting than spooky because it involves occasional visits from my Uncle Jerry, who died in 1986. Jerry was in a car accident and was killed when he was thrown from the vehicle. Mm. He died on his 21st birthday. Oh, oh that's awful. A week before he was supposed to graduate from college. Uh, this, uh, I never met him. But from how my parents describe him, I could tell that he was fun-loving, charismatic, life-of-the-party kind of guy. His death was extremely tragic yeah. for my family. I'm sure it was. Flash forward to 2009, when I'm a high school sophomore, in my English class, we were talking about certain children having a deep connection with the supernatural, hmm. because that's what you do in high school English <laughs> class. Cool teacher. Um, and oftentimes, children will have imaginary friends that turn out to be ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them. Stories. Right? At the time, my youngest brother, Dominic, was seven years old, and I could not wait to go home that afternoon and interrogate him about any potential <laughs> imaginary friends he's had. <clears throat> so after school, the two of us were playing video games in our basement, and I asked him if he've, he had any imaginary friends, to which he responded, yes, I used to have one named Jerry. <sighs> when I heard this, my stomach dropped. Uh, I then asked him what he remembers about his imaginary friend, and he said, not much, just that he doesn't like to wear a seatbelt. Stop. <laughs> no, stop. No, don't keep going. <laughs> Chills. Right? Well, her next line is, literally, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, all, out of all the things that he could say to describe him, that's what he said. Oh, wow. At that age, there was no way that yeah. my brother knew the details of our uncle's death or would have the awareness to put it all together. Later that evening, I told my mom about our conversation, and she didn't act surprised at all. In fact, she told me that when he was younger, my brother would not let my mom back the car out of the driveway until he had buckled up. Oh, my God. Jerry, who was sitting next to him... uh. Oh, until he had buckled up Jerry, who was <gasps> sitting next to him. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. The mom must have been like, okay, you little psychopath. Uh, well, uh, I mean, also knowing the whole story, yeah. it's just like, de -do -de -do. I personally never have... Um, I personally have never had any interactions with my ghost uncle Jerry, but I find it kind of heartwarming that he's still hanging out with us. Aww. Thanks for letting me share the story with you. I believe that not all ghosts are scary bad ghosts, and Jerry is a testament to that. Stay sexy and wear your seatbelt, Michael. Oh, Jerry. I love that. God bless you. I mean. That's crazy. So good. Yeah. So you're, okay, this is no point. But when I hear, like, my uncle died at this point, I always think of, like, an older uncle. But then you realize, like, your uncle is 21. Yeah. Technically, is your uncle, even though you never met him. Yeah. And you're older than... Oh, yeah. It just makes me sad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. How about... <laughs> 
do you want okay david lee roth impersonator and some <laughs> satanic bibles i don't care what else <laughs> no that, that's the only choice i wasn't asking you anymore <laughs> okay. that was it okay, okay. that was it hi karen georgia steven steven spelled a different way oh okay uh and assorted animals this is a hometown murder story that involves everything I love. Celebrity impersonators, loose satanic connections, love triangles, and insanity defenses. Yes. In 1988, in Cambridge, Ontario, uh, Rowena Parsons was murdered, having been stabbed 70 times with an 8-inch carving knife by, Kimber- by Kimberly Blinkhorn. It turns out Kimberly's defense was that she had been controlled by her boyfriend, David Kuntz. Trust me, he lives up to his name uh, to murder his ex-fiance, Rowena. He told her that it was her job to kill Parsons. And she testified that Kuntz told K-U-N-T-Z. Yeah. Told her that she he'd sold his soul to the devil. But during that trial, he said, it's just an expression. You sold your soul to rock and roll. What a D-bag. <laughs> Apparently, they found some satanic Bibles around the house, too, so that, of course, made the news, even though most of us murderinos know that some bullshit evidence of nothing, some, that, that is some bullshit evidence of nothing most of the time. The worst part of it was that Rowena was murdered in front of her and David's three-year-old daughter. No, God, no. Kimberly was found not guilty of Rowena's murder by reason of insanity and sentenced to secure custody in a mental hospital. He was never charged. Flash forward to 2008, and dude was pulled over driving erratically and told police he was both suffering from an allergic reaction to nuts <laughs> and he was David Lee Roth. Oh. <laughs> those are two. Does it? Does one start and then cause the other? I don't know. Pick one of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get a handful of cashews and, and also I'm David Lee Roth. You're just jumping with your legs straight up in the air. Um, apparently following the brutal murder of his mother's child of his the mother of his child he went on to impersonate Roth the cops brought him to the hospital but after he was discharged or left on his own wasn't super clear he was seen at a local bar with two women dressed in scrubs he also convinced a bar seemingly filled with blind patrons that he was David Lee Roth and got up to perform with the house band some news sources were even reported reporting that it was actually David Lee Roth who was driving David Lee Roth's like what the fuck yeah. I'm not allergic to nuts <laughs> Anyway, the guy is a creep who doesn't look like Roth and is now facing child sex charges in British Columbia. Oh, no. Maybe he'll actually get punishment for something this time. I'm sure glad. I'm sure he'd be great at the prison talent show. Keep up the good work. You're helping this junior lawyer survive long hours and unbelievable professional self-doubt. Much love from Canada. Courtney. Courtney, Courtney, that don't doubt yourself. You stood out from the crowd. You're you're doing it. You're making it happen. That story was yeah. every. It went in every direction. It bigger, was insanity. Bigger dummies than you have lawyered. The hell yes. And so you can't do. All you have to do is focus. Yeah. You pass that bar. Yeah. And then right some wrongs. And then defend us. In our <laughs> and then inevitable please, trial. Please help us. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm trying to figure out, I have another haunting one and then I have. Why don't you do three and I'll do, I'll do two. Okay. Uh, so, okay. This one is hometown haunted field? Question mark. Question mark. Hi, Karen. Georgia, Mimi, Stephen, Frank, George, and the most handsome Elvis. Hmm. You mentioned that we could send in stories of haunting, so I wanted to share a strange story from my childhood. I grew up in a town called Nixa in Missouri, in Missouri, which is where Jason Bourne claimed to have been born in the Bourne supremacy. <laughs> that was complicated. <laughs> That's interesting. Oh, parentheses. That's interesting because there is no hospital in Nixa. Must have been a home birth. <laughs> Hilarious. When I was pretty little, probably around first grade, we lived in a house that backed up to a big open field, and my bedroom that I shared with my sister was on the back of the house, so our bedroom window looked out over the field. One summer day, I was sitting in my window seat with the window open, coloring in a coloring book. Aww. Already so scary. Suddenly, <laughs> <it> was cute. <laughs> suddenly, I was drawing Satan. <laughs> there was blood coming out of the ceiling. Uh, okay, suddenly, I heard the voice of a child say, Mommy. No, 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 no. And kind of whimper. Oh, no. It came from outside, so I looked out the window to the field and to the yards next to us. And as far as I could see, there was no one in sight. I ran to my mom, and she said I probably imagined it. I knew I had heard it, though, and I told my sister, too. 
About a year later, my sister and I were sitting in the window seat together with the window open. Once again, out of nowhere, I heard the voice, Mommy, and the exact same whimpering. Shocked, I looked at my sister and said, okay, you heard that, right? And she shook her head yes. I told her that was exactly what I'd heard the year before. We were both freaked out. Fast forward to high school. My my family had long since moved out of that house, and a new neighborhood had been built in that field. Oh, don't build neighbor. It's this poltergeist. Oh, shit, oh, shit. Um, I ended up babysitting for a family no. who lived in a house that was in the new neighborhood. On the second day of my babysitting job, I'd used the toilet that was inside the laundry room and was zipping up my pants when out of nowhere, no. a candle fell off the back of the toilet and spilled melted wax all over my jeans. Thinking back on it, I have no idea why there was a lit candle in that room because I definitely hadn't lit it myself, neither had the kids. I also could not figure out how the candle had fallen off the toilet because I didn't bump it. There was wax everywhere all over me and all over the floor. I spent the next hour trying to scrape wax off the floor with a knife. Sometimes I would get to their house before the girls got off the school bus and I would watch TV in their basement while I waited on them. Many times I would hear and see the lights on the basement stairs go on and off. As far as I know, they weren't on a timer and they would go on and off sporadically. I tried not to think about it too much. Then one day I was there by myself watching TV in the basement. I heard loud banging upstairs. Oh my God, oh my God. What it sounded like was something falling hard on something metal. It was so loud, it happened three times, not in a regular pattern. I was absolutely sure someone had come into the house, and I was completely frozen in terror. Eventually, I forced myself to go upstairs, because if there did happen to be an intruder, I did not want little girls to walk in on him or her when they got home. Hero. (laughs) God's work. Um I got. I called a friend so that he would be on the phone with me in case something happened to me. <laughs> Such a high school solution. I love that. So smart. Yep. Stay on the phone with me. Stay on the phone with me. Um, I was scared out of my mind. Uh, honestly, sure, I was going to see something I did not want to. I slowly. Ca- I slowly crept through the upstairs rooms, didn't see anything abnormal until I reached the laundry room. There was a jar candle lying on its side on the floor. I remembered the sound I'd heard and could picture the candle being thrown against the washing machine, which would have made exactly the sound that I heard. I was absolutely completely creeped out. I went and stood in the dining room, looking out the window, talking to my friend on the phone until the girls got home. I, of course, never told them. I didn't think it was a coincidence that I heard strange things coming from that field when I was little and experienced more strange things in the house that was built in the field years later. I've always wondered if the field was part of an Indian burial ground or something. Whatever it was, I would definitely never buy a home in that a house in that neighborhood <laughs> that house was too new to have already taken a haunting of its own i must have come it must have come from the field that's it peeps i love 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 your podcast um i got my husband and some friends hooked on it too always stay sexy please for the love of god do not get murdered love tessa that scare a uh, ghost in a new house scares me more than anything because yeah. you can explain a ghost in an old house something happened there at some point yeah like what was that movie where there there was a demon that killed the girl. What was it called? Anyways. The Conjuring? Yeah. No. Yeah, maybe. Was there any dolls involved? No, it was like a closet and like her house had been lit on fire when she was a kid or something like that. And there was like a demon. Everyone's yelling it. New house, new build. <laughs> I think there's like a bunch of movies. That I know. Like, was that that thing where there was the big black mark on the closet? Probably, yeah. I mean, I go see these terrible movies all the time. Steven? No, I didn't give enough information for anyone to know what it is. Was Ethan Hawke in it? No, it wasn't anyone famous. It was like 
and they were videotaping. Oh, forget it. Was the whole thing the videotaping? Was it the Paranormal one where activity? Yes. Par- yes. Paranormal activity? Yes. Paranormal activity? Yes. Nice Thank one, Stephen. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, so new house. I can't handle that. What do you think? Have you ever seen a ghost? Have you ever been, like, gotten... Yeah, I know your story. Yeah, you I just at- have that one. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at you like, how dare you? It's a big one, though. <laughs> no, I can't tell I can't tell now. Yeah. But if you go on to um, Slumber Party with George and Nellie, you can hear me tell the whole story. Yeah. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay, here's the next one. We made friends with the guy who robbed us. Mm. (laughs) Hi, Karen, Georgia, and Steven. A friend of mine got me into your podcast last year, and I've been hooked ever since. I've tried so many podcasts, but only you guys have the right balance of comedy and murder. <laughs> I knew those two <laughs> things could go hand in hand. Thank you. Thanks. Other people don't have the right balance of comedy yeah, and murder. Right. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, my husband, Adam, and I woke up in the middle of the night to the dog barking, and we noticed the power was out. Adam yelled at the dog to shut up, which she did. And we tried to go back to sleep. The dog's like, fuck you guys. I'm fine. I'm doing my best. Fine. I won't keep you from being dead. Soon after, Adam heard something in the house. He bolted out of bed. And the next thing I hear Adam say is, what are you doing here? I hear another man's voice say, get down on the ground and you won't get hurt. By then, my heart was pounding. I covered my head with the covers and called the police, whispering into the phone that someone was in our house. While I was on the phone to the operator, in my room, Adam told the guy he had a wife and kids and he didn't want any trouble. The guy was shocked by this, and they started having a conversation about how he thought the house would be empty and that he was from the area. Yeah. he Adam continued to talk to this guy and managed to take the conversation outside where they sat on the front porch. Unaware that this was happening, I was still on the phone waiting for the police to arrive. Adam and the intruder saw the police car roll up outside the house, and the intruder quickly grabbed Adam and brought him inside and told him to tell the police to go away. Oh, no. So that guy was on drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Adam came into the bedroom and asked if I had called the police, which I said, of course. He instructed me to find a way to get rid of the police since (laughs) the guy was in the house, potentially armed, with our small kids sleeping nearby. Holy shit. I went to the front door and explained that it was a false alarm. We had heard strange noises. How scary to be doing that. And like, do you wink at the cop, you know? Um, but no one was there. The policeman had a look around the inside, outside of the house to check for any signs of a break-in, but found none. He noted that our power had been out, so he turned it back on for us and said goodnight. Okay, so the, the guy that broke in turned the power off. Yeah. Oh. 
Once the police left, the intruder got friendly. He grabbed a pillowcase and filled it with anything valuable he could find, all the while telling us about himself and that his name was Peter. He stayed and talked to us and stole our stuff for 30 minutes. When he took Adam's laptop, Adam explained that he was a student and all his work was on that laptop. And if he took it, he'd never get back that work. Peter took the laptop anyways. That dickhead! Once he left, we lay in our bed for an hour trying to sleep. No! What? But then the doorbell rang at 4 a.m. We thought it might be the police, but it was Peter, <laughs> who had felt bad and returned Adam's laptop. <laughs> what the fuck? In the morning. Why didn't they call the cops again and report it? In the morning, we looked through the house to see what was taken and discovered he had our car, which also had our house keys in it. We also found a prescription bottle of pills in our lounge room with Peter's name on it. Peter. We called the police who fingerprinted the place, including a cup he used at our place. Yes, he had a casual drink with Adam in our kitchen. The investigation, investigators and police said it was the funniest and craziest break-in story they'd ever heard. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, it was so famous in the police department that a lady I met a year later who worked in that department had heard our story. The police got Peter two days after the break-in, which was their second attempt after he escaped the first time they found him. Peter later wrote a letter of sincere apology and remorse to us. According to the prison chaplain, the letter he sent was sent on his own volition and would not be recognized as the by the prison as good behavior. We never spoke to Peter again, but I hope he's turned his life around. Oh my God. Thanks for your awesome podcast, guys. And thanks for taking the time to read my story, SSDGM Anita. They have to be Mormons or Christians, right? Because no one is that good. No, I mean, yeah, that... Peter really crossed the line several times. It's not like he earned that goodwill. No. And they the fact that they had the um the presence to calm him down and not freak the fuck out and like get him to hang out with them and that show that they actually cared is like incredible. Except for it didn't keep that guy from stealing their shit. Yeah, but he it could have gotten worse. Yeah, but but here's the thing. It didn't have to because the cops came. I know. So, like... I know. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Everything it's about everything it. About everything about it. Everything about it. It's crazy. I mean, you know... Did they? Did she say anything about where she lived? Um... Da, 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 I don't remember any city. No, it city. doesn't look like it. Because it makes me think it was like a small town. Yeah. I'm picturing a small town. No, yeah. nothing about where they lived. Wow. Yeah. Also, that guy, I mean, dropping pill bottles. It's like, dude. You are in need. You, I mean, go over a checklist before you turn the lights off in someone's house and break it. What kind of pills? You, they weren't fucking, they weren't fucking cholesterol medication, it was, I bet you. <laughs> it was not. It was not statins. No. Um, all right. This one is good. Uh, subject line, friend almost killed by a wood chipper. Perfect. Hello, ladies. Hey, ladies. Sorry. Hey, ladies. My name's Allie, and I'm from a town in Oregon where murders aren't super common, but they do happen. The scary thing is that you never think it could happen to you or someone you know until it does. And when it happens, you realize that you and your friends are adults now living in the real world. Ain't that the truth? Aye. You're not quite the same person you used to be. I had a friend of a friend in high school, we'll call him Jason, who began work at a local logging company not long after graduation. Jason doesn't understand all social cues, but he's a very nice guy, wouldn't hurt a fly or insult anybody on purpose. It was an ordinary day in September when someone tried to kill Jason. <laughs> he was running a wood chipper when a guy he worked with, we'll call him Tim, picked him up from behind no. and tried to throw him in head first. What the f 
fuck? It must have been by the grace of God that Jason put his arms out at the last possible second to stop his head from hitting the blades, and he got out mostly unscathed. When he climbed out of the wood chipper, he noticed that Tim was running toward the company office. It was later revealed that Tim was going to try to tell the supervisors that there was a freak accident that killed Jason. Tim is currently facing life in prison. So he thought he was dead, and he was running toward the office already. Yeah. Oh, my God. What motivated Tim to throw Jason into a wood chipper is beyond me. I love your podcast. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's the whole story. I wanted more. Uh, I love your podcast. My boyfriend and I listen to it almost every day during our free time. Give Elvis a cookie for me. As always, stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Love, Allie. Uh, That's hilarious. I just love... It's fucking to the point. Yeah. It's just like, hey, guess what stuff really fucked up shit happened. But he also kind of victim blamed Jason when he was like, he would never purposely say anything insulting, <laughs> but he probably said something to see to talk to him about his mother. I wonder. I wonder. That'd be amazing. What a scary thing to, to find happen. out. Well, you know, what's really funny. This is not in any way a murder, but uh, the same a similar thing happened, that not but not murder style, where when I was probably like 10 and my cousin Stevie was maybe 16. They were clearing out a part of my Aunt Jean's ranch. So it was my dad, my cousin Stevie, and like a couple other people. Mm-hmm. And they were there was a wood chipper. <laughs> so they were just cutting down big eucalyptus branches and trees mm-hmm. and throwing them in this chipper as they went to oh like clear God. an area. Yeah. And at one point, Stevie threw in a branch. It got no, caught no, no. on his shirt sleeve. And it like the force of the throw of the, of the branch started to pull his arm into the wood chipper. And my dad turned around just by chance just in time and grabbed him and pulled it back out oh my god so if like my dad was still facing away my cousin's arm would have gone into this wood chipper you know I've never actually seen a wood chipper in real life because I'm from the fucking suburb yeah (laughs) but I will not stand near anyone who has a saw an electric saw what are they okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mean a, a chainsaw? Chainsaw. Yeah. I will not be any, near one that's turned off. I will not <laughs> go near one that's being held and turned off, especially. And I will never, ever go near one that's on. Ever. In my, I will just not come near you. That makes perfect sense. Like, uh, have you seen the videos where people are like, it's like America's Funniest Home Videos, and they're like, sawing a tree, and then they fall off the fucking tree with the saw on. Yes. And I just, I start crying when I see those. <laughs> yes. It's like... No. <laughs> then you would have hated. We went to uh, a haunted corn maze one year for oh, Halloween. No, no, no. And there was like six of us, and the whole. I never thought about it at all until it started, and we walked in. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the whole point of a haunted corn maze is that you're walking through real corn. You have no like peripheral vision whatsoever, and then people jump out at you. That's like the whole thing. Uh-uh. And the second it started, I was like, I hate this so much. Yeah. I'm so angry. And we got through, and it was just like actors doing actor yeah. stuff. But then near the end. No. You hear a chainsaw start No, up. no, no, no. And, like, I know you can take the blades off of them, but I don't care. It's still, like, it's the thing of, like, don't shoot a gun that you think is fucking empty. It might not be empty. It's like, well, that's still going to kind of hurt. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just don't. They're very scary. I won't. And I can't. Have you ever watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, but it's been, a, like, too long. Yeah. It's very real. I don't want to watch it. No, I think you have to. Um, We've done it. We did it again. You've done it. You did it again. We just delivered it to you. And thank you. And we appreciate it. And there you go. Uh, Send your hometown, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We don't need to keep telling you what we mean by hometown. We just know that now the categories are endless. Yeah. If you have something of interest, send it to us. You might not be wrong. Please just make sure it's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's a key. If your friend, if your boyfriend's friend's brother, if it happened to him... 
unless it's fucking hardcore true and he testified in a trial against it about it don't right. say um trial only right that's the new category that's my favorite murder at gmail <laughs> steven's name is spelled s-c-e-v-e-n that's right and stay sexy and don't get murdered goodbye bye